the difference between a successful entrepreneur and a not successful entrepreneur is the successful entrepreneur never gave up. And to an extent, that's really true. You know, there are moments where you should call it quits and say, okay, this isn't working. But um, more often than not, the reason why companies fail is because the people involved lost the passion, the energy, and didn't keep going. That, above all, is the most important ingredient is to have that persistence. And I would call it even relentless determination to make this a success no matter what. for joining Success at Scale with Triple G Ventures. I'm here with Florian today from Soundbrenner. Uh, Florian is an amazing guy. You're going to have a blast talking to him, uh, but uh, let's just jump right in. Why not? So Florian, tell us a little bit about you. Hey, Greg. Yeah, excited to be here. Uh, would love to you know, uh, share a bit more. So uh, I'm the CEO and founder of Soundbrenner, most notably, I would say. Uh, I've been running the company now for seven years. Uh, I started the company straight after graduating from university in 2014 uh, with no experience whatsoever. And uh, back, basically, back then, it, it was kind of the, the peak hype of the variable uh, world uh, with the IPO of Fitbit and uh, the Apple Watch was rumored. And so during that time, uh, we had the idea, well, in this variable future, uh, there should be something made for musicians that... Um, well, basically brings the music equipment world into the 21st century. Uh, so as fresh graduates, we set out to make this a reality, uh, kind of expecting it wouldn't go anywhere, but we were so excited that we couldn't stop thinking about it and couldn't stop working on it. And in the process, uh, at, the mo at the time I was living in Germany, I then ended up moving to Hong Kong because it turned out to be the best place to develop the product. And that's actually where I live since seven years. And um, turns out against um, common sense and our own expectations, this whole thing actually worked out. Uh, we now have around 670,000 musicians that use our mobile app every month. And we have shipped over 100,000 devices, variables for musicians. Uh, we're sold in over 100 countries. And, uh, you know, in a way, we are still at the start. We still want to scale it at least 100x from where we are now. We think there's a lot of potential and uh, still having a lot of fun. So, so Florian, uh, all right, a wearable nice for yeah. musicians. What, what what do I need that for? I mean, I got a whole set of drums back here. I'd mm. love to know, what, why do I need one of those? Yeah, good question. Uh, so the original idea was is pretty simple, actually. So as you know, right, uh, every single musician in the world has to play on time and you know, rhythm is the lifeblood of music. And so the only tool musicians had until 2014 to practice their rhythm was the metronome, which is actually a 200-year-old invention from the 19th century. And so uh, the problem is, if you ask musicians, many will say the metronome and the click is an instrument of torture because of how annoying it is. So for those who listen who are not musicians, uh, it makes a click sound that you listen to and try to play along so that you don't speed up or slow down when you play music. But you can imagine if you have for one hour this annoying click in your ear, well, you know, it's painful. <laughs> so our- I can relate was, to that. I can relate to that. A lot of practice with a metronome. It drives you mental, but at the, the outcome is, is magic, right? 
Exactly. Yeah. Like if you ask professional musicians uh, that record in the studio or, you know, on performances, like, like everybody's using metronome that, that is a serious musician. And so our idea was, well, what if we change that with a vibration? What if instead of listening to the sound, you could actually feel the beat? And uh, that, so, so we developed a device specific for that that has an incredibly powerful and distinct vibration. Um, it's about seven times stronger than in a smartphone for reference. And that's also really important because when you're in action, in motion, you're playing music, then you want to get um, something really powerful so you can still feel it. And then, you know, from there, the kind of creativity and juices started flowing. So we were like, wow, uh, what if we made it a touch surface and you could just tap the beat onto your wrist and it would magically pick that up and match that. And then what if you could use an app to synchronize a whole band and then everybody can practice together with the same, feeling the same beat. And uh, yeah, that, that's what got us so excited and got started. And now today, of course, it's, it's much more than that. We added a lot of additional innovation over the years, um, but that's how it all started. What's so interesting is, you know, much of our audience uh, at Success at Scale is really, you know, many of them are not musicians and they're not in the music business and it's not their world. So what kind of, you know, advice would you give to someone who's listening that's not a musician that is doing what you're doing, maybe in a different industry and, you know, getting a startup off the ground, basically? Yeah, I would say, I mean, the, the most important thing is to realize that it's possible to do it and to actually take action. Uh, so my, my own story is I grew up in Germany in a very small village with 600 people. Uh, so I like to say wow. there were more cows than people in my village, right? <laughs> and it's probably not an exaggeration. And to me, uh, this whole idea about starting my own company, it seemed like this amazing, exciting idea, but also kind of absurd because I've never met, I never met anybody in my whole life that would, that has started a tech startup. And I had only seen it, you know, maybe on the internet. And then I decided to move to Berlin. And that's where I suddenly met entrepreneurs left and right. And I realized, wow, actually, I can do this too, right? Like, this is real. Like, let's just go and, and do it. And uh, I would say that was kind of the biggest breakthrough moment on the whole journey is just to have that realization and to stop dreaming about it and to start working towards it. You know, let me ask you this. You know, you've had an amazing journey. Right. It's just an absolutely amazing journey. You've been at this for a few years now. Is that right? Yeah, since 2014. So it's about seven years now. Okay. So since 2014, what's the thing uh, that you least expected would have happened uh, on this journey? I mean, I would say that kind of a common misconception is like, I, again, I knew this from growing up. Um, my relatives and friends, like people, when they think about um, starting a business and innovation, they're like, Oh, if only I had this one idea that, that's like this million dollar idea, and then I'm a millionaire. And then when you actually have an idea, people are very protective of it. They're like, oh, I, I can't tell you because maybe you're going to do it and then you're going to steal my million dollar idea. And in, in reality, starting a company is like completely different where the idea is worth very little. Um, you quickly realize that 99% that determines the success is not the quality of the idea, but then actually how you develop the company and run with it. So for example, we started as a vibrating metronome 
uh, idea company, right? But then today we are like something totally like more than that. The idea evolved many, many, many times over. Um, so now we are, as I mentioned, for example, we have an app that is used by 600,000 musicians. That was never part of the initial idea. And obviously Wait a minute, 600,000 musicians? Are there that many even out there? There are, yeah. And there's even way more than that. So we're, we're working towards getting them on board as well, right? But I mean, you and, have an amazing start just a couple of years in and, and you've you're already got 600,000 musicians on your platform. It's pretty amazing. And did I see that you guys are actually somehow getting into space or something like this? What's that about? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like today, that that's actually just happened to today uh, where I posted about this, and it ha- it took place on Sunday. Uh, you know, talking about unexpected turns for your product. So, you know, I just explained the vibrating metronome. So, since we have a vibrating metronome, it's a pretty sophisticated haptic device that can do a range of vibrations. And maybe a couple of weeks ago, somebody from the um, I, I don't want to butcher it, but essentially from an affiliate organization to NASA. Uh, contacted me that they are working on a project called Astro Access that is about bringing um, uh, disability ambassadors into space. That's their mission. And so long story short, they organized a zero gravity flight on Sunday uh, and they ended up using our metronomes to coordinate because if you have like deaf and visually impaired, uh, you know, crew members, then how do you tell them, oh, it's time to unbuckle or or coordinate and communicate and vibrations are amazing. So there you go. Now we are heading towards space and who could have expected that at the start? And by the way, there's many more things like that. There's people using it to tweet tremor, to have speech therapy for people that stutter. Uh, I heard from the Olympic gold medalist in archery. He's using it with his uh, students to, to train uh, shooting arrows and like all kinds of crazy things you would have believed. So, so you, you would have, you would have never, you know, thought when you were dreaming about all of this back in 2014, like, mm. you know, you would have never thought that this is where it would go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I found that's actually a common pattern across, uh, all founders almost that, uh, the idea is not a fixed thing. It's a living, breathing thing that evolves over time. And um, yeah, it, it's it's not necessarily or almost never where you end up. It's never where you aim to end up when you get started. So this is an interesting topic in itself, right? Many founders find themselves in a business, developing a strategy, developing a, a product or a plan and saying, okay, this is the direction I'm going in and then find themselves having to pivot along the way. Have you found yourself uh, having to strategically pivot along the way? And what does that meant to you and your business? Uh, I mean, I, I would, I would, it depends what you, how you define pivot, right? So does it mean uh, abandoning uh, what you are doing and going into a completely new direction? We've never had to go to that extreme. Um, and certainly some companies have and have done very well doing that. But in our case, we still have uh, in a major way, adjusted our priorities, I would say. For, ex- for example, we started out as a pure hardware business. Today, hardware, I would say, is more like 25% of our attention and actually 75% goes more towards the mobile app. And so those kind of, uh, and we were a, a metronome company. Today, we see ourselves more as a practice company, music practice company. Um, so that's a much broader, bigger ambition and a bigger vision than just being a metronome company. 
Now, and what so about as, say, as, yeah. the, as the pandemic kind of rolled in and, you know, things like this that were outside of your control, no one could have foreseen this craziness that, that we're dealing with. You know, how has that impacted you? Did you have to pivot, adjust? Uh, you know, what did that mean to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's tons of implications for everybody in the world from this, right? So uh, there were good and bad things. For example, what was kind of like, first of all, it was scary, right? Because when this pandemic hit, uh, nobody knew what was going to happen to demand. Like, uh, you know, is it going to, is everybody just going to stop buying stuff and start to build up savings for, uh, you know, everybody, uh, many people lose their jobs. And, you know, we had to plan for that. That was one aspect. But then actually it turned out the opposite way. Uh, people were stuck at home. They got bored. So they started picking up their instruments again for us, which was good. So we saw in Google search trends, uh, keyword, search keywords in Google, like um, learn guitar, learn piano. They exploded by 400% uh, temporarily, but for three months. But you know th- th- that was a great second quarter last year for us. Um, and then, of course, there's a whole impact on China and the supply chain and manufacturing and logistics. Uh, so we had, you know, we're still having to adjust to that. And there's longer lead times and it requires a lot of hard work to keep the, the ship running. So, yeah, it's, it never gets boring. If you if you run your own company, you know, you're, you're, you're going to do a different job every day, kind of. So that goes even crazier when, by the way, congratulations. I understand you just had a, a baby recently. Is that right? Uh, that's right. Yeah. Three months old. So congratulations. Congratulations. Crazy new experience. Yeah. So, you know, now that brings in a whole other thing. You know, it's not just about business. It's about life. It's about balance. It's about, you know, making sure, you know, you're able to, you know, spend time with your family. This is a thing that a lot of founders, you know, struggle with. You know, how are you finding yourself dealing with it? How is having a, a baby and a, a bigger family changed your perspective on things? You know, this is this is a, a hot topic for people. So I'm curious how you how you navigate because you seem to balance everything so well. Well, yeah, I would say that this whole question of work and life balance, uh, like it, it depends a lot, like like it implies a bit that work is not part of life and that, um, you know, there's something um, unpleasant about work, which, you know, it depends what you do, right? So when I was um, a student, I worked to clean like buildings and stuff to, to make a little bit of money. So that certainly, I would have want to have a balance from that, right? But right now, I'm actually having a blast when I work. I get to see my product in space. I get to design new things and envision new product experiences. So I don't really need a break from that uh, or, or a balance in a way. To me, that's life. Living life to the fullest is working on that. I love that. Um, but of course, then I also love to spend time with my son and with my uh, girlfriend. And uh, that's great. So uh, I mean, right now, I, I, you know, I don't know how it's going to evolve right now. It, there's not that many things you can do with a three-month-old and you're spending two hours per day. That, that, that's pretty good. But <laughs> oh, you, you, you have a long me, way to go, you're, my friend. You're, you're, you're further down the journey. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that uh, I will get more tempted to, to spend more and more time. And I think that's, that's also fine, you know? So I, I, I hope I, you do. Yeah. I hope you do. Because what I've found is that, you know, there's <clears> so much to be learned from the experiences you know, let's say this was a game and we were on the field, right? Off the field, there's so much to learn. There's so much perspective to be gained. And sometimes those experiences actually feed, you know, bigger ideas. So uh, congratulations once again. Now let's 
let's you know your your life sounds like a dream come true to to many right you're you're doing you're doing what you love you're doing something with purpose you're you're changing the world so to speak let's talk about a moment where it wasn't so pretty right you had a moment of failure and you know it backfired on you and it was a horrible experience but you learned something what did you learn what happened what did you learn Right. Yeah, I mean, for sure, that that's the other side of the coin. I, I got the chance to see Elon Musk live once he came here to Hong Kong. And um, wow. uh, I, I, I was like really close to him. So he, he's obviously you know, the, one of the heroes of every entrepreneur, right? And I remember he said, uh, starting a company is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's very true. I, I, I keep thinking about that very often <laughs> because there are certainly, you know, it's a roller coaster. You have... Uh, soul crushing moments that uh, drain the life out of you. And then the next day you feel amazing because something went much better than you were hoping. And so uh, I would say, uh, what did I learn along this journey? Well, I guess, um, you know, you could really say uh, the difference between a successful entrepreneur and a not successful entrepreneur is the successful entrepreneur never gave up. Um, to to to, uh, to an extent, that's really true. You know, there are moments where you should call it quits and say, "Okay, this isn't working." But um, more often than not, the reason why companies fail is because the people involved lost the passion, the energy, and didn't keep going. So, I would say one of my learnings is that that, that above all is the most important ingredient is to have that persistence, and I would call it even relentless determination to make this a success no matter what. That's amazing. Um, so let me ask you this. What about, uh, people who have played a role in influencing you? You mentioned Elon Musk. Are there others that really, uh, have either helped you along the way or influenced your thinking? Yeah, I think that's also very important learning, right? So you can imagine when you are graduating fresh from university, then, you know, you, there's a lot of things you don't know and you are very naive and that's just no experience, no reference experience. And it's kind of a crazy thing to jump into a business because you have you, you you don't get to join an existing structure where you can absorb how things are supposed to go. You don't really know how things are supposed to go yet. You have to enforce the standards and hire people, and you know that's an incredible strength because you can you you just do things differently um, and, and build it from first principles. But then on the other hand, it can also be a huge weakness. So I would say mentors are essential. So I had many of those. Uh, for example, really early on uh, when we started, there was a guy called Greg Stein that, that helped us a lot. And, <laughs> and you know, uh, at that time, you obviously already had decade decade plus of experience and and helped me build our marketing team. And um, you know, th th that's just one example. But then uh, you know, there were other uh, people that were investors that could help us a lot and teach us how to do manufacturing in China which certainly isn't simple. And uh, of course, there's then also kind of spiritual role models that I don't know, but that give me energy when I read their biography or see what they do, like, uh, you know, going back to how Steve Jobs transformed Apple from near bankruptcy in 1997 to a trillion dollar company that changed the world today. And, uh, you know, things like that. So that's amazing. So obviously you're a technology guy. Uh, 
one of the things I, I love about you is you're always plugged into the latest and greatest what's happening. Uh, somehow you're always ahead of the trends. We were just talking about, you mentioned Apple. We were just talking about a, a conference that happened yesterday. And, you know, here you are this morning telling me every detail. So, you know, I'm curious, you know, how do you take all of this great technology and know-how and apply it to your business? What kind of technology are you adopting in the everyday operations of the business? And where do you see things going too? Right. Yeah, I would say that um, you can't really, like you just have to absorb and and see what's out there and then you'll develop the, uh, new, like the ability to connect the dots and see, you know, take what's useful and discard what's useless. So, I mean, for us, um, since we're a tech startup, naturally, you know, we're using tons of uh, uh, you know, te technological tools like you know now now it's already you know kind of uh, everywhere like Slack, uh, Zoom, uh, Zendesk, uh, all this kind of stuff, and then you know just absorbing what other companies do, and then seeing what can apply to music equipment uh, then helps us in the product design process. Yeah. What's one of the biggest myths uh, about music, music tech? Uh, even business and startups that you you'd love to debunk right here right now. Well, I I feel like uh, starting a company has kind of become the flavor of the month a little bit in in, in for young people. You know, there's like this uh, idea that you sit around and you you play ping pong and you sit in a bean bag and uh, it, you know if you it, it's kind of like oh follow your passion start your own company and then you know you 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 get to relax. And and have fun kind of thing. And I feel like that actually some of the people that apply at startups and at Soundpreneur, they they would have this kind of expectation. But then the reality is kind of the opposite. It's more like you want to make building something the central part of your life. And again, it's like relentless determination, not a passion, which means there's a lot of struggle in there. And uh, you kind of have to love the idea of climbing this hard mountain, and and then 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 it's the right the right journey for you. Excellent. So for many in the business world, it's a time of uncertainty, a time of change. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's out there who's working through some of the bigger challenges right now? Right. Yeah, I would say to use the ability, well, just to keep a calm head, right, and reason your way out of the crisis. So do what you have to do. Be be. Uh, be transparent with your team. For example, if you're a leader, you have employees. I think it's important to not um, pretend some everything is fine, and because people can see through that, you know, you kind of have to be transparent, acknowledge the challenges, and lay out the plan, and do it in a calm way. Um, you know, if you're if you're a, a pilot and your plane is going down, there's no point to break out in panic. Uh, you, you have to keep a calm head, see what you can do, and try to land the plane, right? So uh, I think, you know, th th that's that's kind of what we did facing the COVID crisis. You know, there's, there's certainly challenges that came with that, but I would say cool heads prevailed. And we actually came up with some great new improvements to the business because every crisis is also an opportunity. So there you go. That's That's so true. So true. And it really is about the journey along the way, right? We talk about, you know, the the losses and the, the struggles and all these things, but all those things are the things that inform, inform success and, and wins, right? 
Florian, it's been so amazing catching up with you. Thank you so much for joining Success at Scale with Triple G Ventures. Uh, really enjoyed listening to you. So much exciting things going on at Soundbrenner and everything you're working on. Congratulations on your, on your expanded family. Uh, where can listeners find you online? Where can they learn more about Soundbrenner? Um, take it away. Yeah, definitely. It was a blast. Uh, if you want to learn more about Soundbrenner, go to soundbrenner.com, which is our website, and you will find everything you need. Um, if you want to get involved, we're actually hiring right now for uh, mobile app engineers. Um, also, if you want to look for me personally, I'm um, you know Twitter, Instagram under the handle SimonFL. And um, yeah, Greg, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, hope, hope we can do this again. Thank you, Florian. We'll talk to you real soon. Be well. You're the man. Peace. <laughs>